welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's podcast about comics and graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. This week, live from New Orleans, the Big Easy, Nolans, the Swamp, the Bayou, well, you name it, Bourbon Street. Okay, actually, I'm at the American Library Association meeting, and I am at the French Comics Association booth to talk to uh, Julie... Uh, Rochelot and uh, Aurélie Neyret <laughs> um, and about their work they are here as part of the tour uh, Julie is here with uh, About Betty's Boob which uh, you're going to not quite what it sounds like I think and uh, Aurélie is here with CC's Journal so, um, so, so uh, Julie let's talk a little bit about uh, about Betty's Boob first so this book is out from uh, Archaea right mm-hmm. uh, and what what's it about? <laughs> Well, you got this um, young woman who has to start her life all over again. Uh, she just lost one of her breasts, her favorite boob, due to cancer. And then she lost a boyfriend, she loses her job, she loses her self-esteem, she wants to uh, have her old life back, but of course she cannot have that. And uh, it was written by Vero Caso, and she had the great idea of making this really uh, dark, um, an uh, intimate story, uh, something like a romantic comedy with lots of slapstick and burlesque <laughs> imagery and uh, no dialogues and or written na- narration at all mm-hmm. with some mm-hmm. words here and there but really it's all uh, like a slapstick uh, Buster Keaton film right, and right. the contrast between the subject and the actual format and story is what makes it something special right. it's really a feel good book it is and it's it's absolutely gorgeous as so many of these French books are uh, they both are now you came on though the book is written even though it's almost wordless mm-hmm. um, so how did you come on as the, the artist or the scenarist or you know how did you get the job um, uh, well Vero she knew already my taste for this kind of, uh, of uh, burlesque aesthetic mm-hmm. and uh, I'm from originally I'm from animation uh, so I I do have this uh, knowledge about the uh, you know, pace and uh, construction of uh, um, how should I say? It's like storyboarding. Yeah, yeah. exactly, like storyboarding. Um, and uh, yeah, I love I love when it's a bit over over the top, mm-hmm. overacting with big expressions and lots of uh, ta-da moments. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely it tells a, a really uh, fascinating story. And you do take something that can be pretty dark and, and bring the lighthearted aspect to it. Um, now, Aurélie, uh, uh, with CC's journal, tell us about that book. Uh, it's a book about a young girl. She's ten and a half, and she wants to be a writer. And so she starts a journal to spy on people basically <laughs> and and in each story she has uh, she sees pers- some person who, who seems mysterious mm-hmm. and she investigates on that um, more deeply tells the story of, of uh, her own encounters with uh, other people and especially grown-ups um, about her own drama because she she's very interested in uh, adult secrets because she has one secret of her own which is related to his dad who's missing from the story ah right um, now also you are the artist on this as well um, how did that uh, how did you get the writer is uh Oh, uh, you gotta say the name. I, I, I can't. <laughs> the, the writer is Joris Chamblon. Uh-huh. He's French as well, obviously. <laughs> and and uh, he contacted me in like 2009, I think, with the pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really fell in love with that story. So we we eventually find the publisher together. Yeah. Um, 
going to wait until this yeah, loud guy walks by. It, so. it, 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 Kate, cut out the loud guy. There we go. Um, yes, all right. I'm supposed to clap when that happens. Um, so tell me, guys, about coming here. Like, you live, uh, Julie, you live in Canada, though, right? Right. So have you been to New Orleans before? Or? No, it was my first time. I've been wanting to come for a long, long time. So this was the greatest of the, the, the you know, the apartment. <laughs> we actually, I, I came with my boyfriend uh, a week earlier before we got the house. So we, had this, we could have this little holiday and discover uh, right. the city uh, on our own. Right, right. Yeah. How did it, uh, how about you, Aurelie? Have you been here before or to New Orleans? I've never been to New Orleans before. No, so how, I'm staying after. <laughs> yeah. So how do you find it? I mean, it is like there's a lot of French culture here, uh, but it's filtered through something completely different. Actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's interesting to see. I think it's pretty similar, but in a different way, obviously, to Canada. With, um, like, it's nowhere as complicated and rich in the history. Uh, Canada is more, of course, a lot of things. No, but I, I just mean the way like it. you took a very ancient uh, French culture and put it somewhere and it evolved yeah. on its own. Yeah. And so it's very funny to me to see the like the the, the shops the names in French and the names of the, of the street. And at the same time, it, it everything looks very American. Right. So right, it's right. funny. Yeah, <laughs> but we feel that actually the same though. It's like like the culture is not like typical American culture here. It definitely has this other influence that is yeah. makes it so unique in our whole country. Um, and you do you hear like, I mean, there's obviously it's a huge tourist town, but but um, you hear people talking like. Right. like yeah. this other language on the street I mean that's just you know like it's not a fake thing that's just their no. language and it's, 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 it's very diverse yeah. and it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's well, fascinating yeah yeah um, did you go see like um, graveyards so you've already been to, uh, yeah we walked a lot uh, but we don't have a car so we, yeah we, we kind of stick to the more uh, historical and touristic place we, we try not to uh, stay only in the French border, of course. We've been to Metzini, the city park, and you know, we're, we're from Canada, so everything here in the south is new to us. The right. trees are the same, the birds, and we just, we're like little kids <laughs> running around. Everything is new, the houses are beautiful and all colorful, and there's a lot of contradiction here. We, we, we only been here for a bit more than a week, so we, we don't know anything. <laughs> but it's, and it's really, uh, we're trying to reconstruct in our head how how this wonderful city, you know, came to be, and it's it's still, at, in in some aspect, very traditional. In other aspect, ever changing, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. Yeah, something well, else. Well, there you go. You got to do the whole thing after, you know, you're, yeah. you're yet to go see it. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel bad also. I, I'm not, I got to do a little touristy stuff to, uh, tomorrow. So what about the show though? What about meeting American librarians and, you know, talking to them about the market with your book? I mean, the, how is that bad? I think that's a very great opportunity. Like, for example, this morning I went to the Yelsa uh, coffee speed dating thing. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> And it was it was exhausting, and at the same time, I'm very grateful for the opportunity because I think here the librarians are very important, and I think if they if they can help us reach our audience here, I'm, I'm really happy about that. So it, it's great, and this place is filled with people who love books, so I couldn't be happier. Right, right, yeah. Is that for you as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think the people are, you know, the the librarians and the readers are really welcoming. Sometimes uh, in Canada, people might be a little bit shy, you know, shyer. Uh, 
in, friend, in friends do here, they just come right to you and say hi and they start a conversation. And yeah, yeah. It's a, it's and a they, good feeling. And they love comics as well. Yeah. So, um, no, in, in France, like, is, I mean, there's, you know, been a lot of talk about this kind of material coming and, you know, material that's aimed more at young women and that kind of thing. Uh, but we, we um, or your book is more for, for children. Is it, a, is it for kids? Is it a kids' book or a... YA book, what we call young adult book, or I, I don't really like putting a, a tag, and but I mean you have to, and uh, the the heroine is twelve years old, so yeah. it is for children. But in France we have a very large audience, and it's not only children at all, because uh, also because it, it was published seven years ago, the first one, and so some some kids knew it from the beginning, and they grew up with it. And so they are older now, and um, but I often meet uh, readers uh, who are much older, or adults, or even grandmothers. And um, I really like that aspect because I, I don't want to consider uh, young readers as a as a subcategory, and I don't like when we take children for idiots. So the the topics of the book are very uh, like. I think you can find anything uh, depending on, on who you are and it can resonate with a lot of people. Right, right. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people, kids who like to, you know, be Snoopy reporters. <laughs> you know, that was certainly one of my goals. Um, what's next for you? What's next for both of you? What's your next project or coming out in English or French? Uh, I'm currently working on a, on a project which is very different from this one. Um, I am a part of an association in France which is called the Ink Link and we, um, we are a network of, of authors, graphic novel authors who work for NGOs. And so I went to Afghanistan with uh, MSF, Doctors Without Borders. Uh, to document the maternity there because you can't take uh, photos. So I had to document what's going on and what's life there for women uh, and, she, and, and babies and, and the staff also, medical, medics and everything in, in that modernity in true drawing because, because photos are... Uh, you, you can't possibly take any photos of women giving birth there. So I'm doing this documentary which is more like a short story and I'm doing the script and the arts this time so it's, it's a lot of pressure and it's gonna be published online in France and probably other medias maybe here I, I hope so I hope that sounds incredible wow so you when are you going or have you been already or uh, I went yeah when when were you there uh, in last December oh wow so yeah that must have been quite an experience <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs> um, how about for, for you Julie uh, I have two things uh, coming up the first one is my is my new book I'm not quite done with it yet uh, it's about a awkward father-son relationship in the suburbs of Montreal so it's completely different from right. <laughs> the other things and uh, and next we're we're gonna I'm gonna have one um, one of my previous book translated in English it's actually a trilogy uh, adventure uh, horror action kind of stuff oh wow and it's called uh, La Colère de Fantomas but I think in English it's gonna be The Wrath of Fantomas okay so well, and who's publishing that? Is Titan it? Titan okay very cool well um, uh, Julie Aurelie very nice to meet you uh, thank you for talking chatting with us briefly and um, you know there will be more to come 
Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, C- uh, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, this week on More to Come, we have the great pleasure to be talking with uh, Jody uh, Osiki, Community Services Librarian uh, at the St. John Free Public Library in New Brunswick, Canada. Jody, uh, welcome to More to Come. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we I, I I had a chance to read um, uh, your feature in uh, Library Journal's Graphically Speaking titles based on uh, titles based on sequential art continue to proliferate in libraries and beyond. Uh, we also here at Publishers Weekly we do a, uh, a an annual feature uh, called Graphic Novels in Libraries, and uh, we we send our reporter out to talk with uh, and the reporter uh, actually the writer of that story is Heidi McDonald. Uh, editor of the Beat, but she also uh, is a co-host of this podcast. And um, uh, you know, our coverage of, of graphic novels in libraries has expanded every year. And really, your feature uh, 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 points out some of the same trends and titles. So this time, I thought let's talk with a librarian as well. So, so, so here we go. Why don't you know what I first thing I'd love to ask you before we start getting into the um, into your feature is that maybe you could tell us a little bit about your your background, both as a librarian uh, and your library, and as a comics reader. Okay, well that's that's a mouthful. I'll try to keep this concise. Okay. Well, so cur- currently, I'm uh, I started as a reference librarian here, but uh, my uh, we're doing a pilot program in the. Uh, <clears throat> in the New Brunswick Public Library Service, combining the reference adult and young adult services department into one community services. So I started off in reference. Now I'm, my official title is Community Services Librarian. But um, I'm sure I'm sure you're a fan of The Wire, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So you remember, I first heard the term natural police in The Wire. Um, I guess... In, I guess you could call me natural librarian. I, as I'm part of saying, I'm not so much a librarian, I am librarian. Ever since I was a kid, I'm the person people come up to just off the street, in stores, to, pe- to get their questions answered. Even in Walmart, just head to toe black, <laughs> nothing blue. People just, I, that's just always been who I was. So that was the way I uh, decided to go after a couple of other uh, academic options that didn't, it didn't quite take for me. Uh, got my master's from Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada in 2005. Uh, Worked a little bit, a little while in the archives there, and then came to St. John Free Public in 2006. Uh, <clears throat> so St. John Free Public Library is the oldest um, uh, free public library in Canada, and St. John is the first incorporated city in Canada. So they've been uh, very kind, uh, very kindly taking me on since, since 2006. Now, as far as comics, uh, as a comic reader and, and pop culture in general, uh, been a fan since the late 70s. So we're talking since the age of three. Okay. So eventually. <laughs> It was going to be inevitable that, that I would be writing about it at some point and having a career that involved it in some way, uh, to put an Elvis Costello lyric, in time we turn these obsessions into careers. I, I love it. So your your career chose you. Yes, even though it, and it was patently obvious from the start, it just took a while for me to wake up to it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's great. And so you've been a fan for a long time, on a, and I assume uh, all kinds of comics? Well, and at this point here, you might be wishing that you talk to a different librarian. I, as I do for all pop culture, I, I like the things I like. I know the things I know. And there, because there's so much out there, mm. I've had – and there's only so much time and money and energy to, to pursue. I've had to really winnow it down to the stuff that really, really uh, catches my attention. Uh, 
I don't want to say I'm not a superhero fan, but my interests have always been wider than that. Um, my link to comics initially was movies, really. Mm-hmm. And, of course, coming along, I came along at the perfect time because, of course, 78, Superman the movie, mm-hmm. uh, really got the ball, ball rolling. I mean, as far as uh, 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 comic characters in, in TV and in movies and just in general. Also, around the time that the graphic novels were starting to be taken more seriously and were actually starting to be called graphic novels mm-hmm. instead of... Of comic books. Sure. Uh, for the record, though, I'm a fan of sequential art just because uh, if you call it a graphic novel, the, te- the temptation is to think of it as a genre, and it ain't. It's a medium. I'm very strict about that. Um, yeah. Sounds great. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more <laughs> on all those points. Um, so let's jump to your article. Now, how long have you been writing this article? And maybe you can just give us uh, – I want to ask you some specific things about it, but maybe you can give us just a broad uh, – uh, overview of what uh, your piece, graphically speaking, uh, covers. Oh, good, because that's broad and brief is all I is all I have in order to cover. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, uh, annually um, we um, submit the call for publishers to put out uh, send us information about the graphic novels that are, that are coming out during uh, the time of year. I mean, I uh, I covered my article covers graphic novels coming out in the latter half of 2018. Mm-hmm. So based on what is submitted to us, we uh, I go go through it and try to identify trends. Uh, talk to a couple of uh, a couple of uh, people and and a publisher. Try to get uh, more specific takes on on, the, on on what they're doing, and put it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I should just mention again, of course, that this is published in Library Journal. Uh, in, in many ways, uh, I guess it's the Bible of the uh, as Publishers Weekly refers to itself as the Bible of the book publishing industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Library and Journal is, is is kind of the key trade magazine of the the library uh, profession. Oh, yes. Is that right? No. Oh yes. And I should also, uh, in the inter- interest of full disclosure, um, my one of my first jobs in publishing in New York, I worked for Library Journal. Back in the day, when it was still a part of Publishers Weekly, at one time, Publishers Weekly, Library Journal, and School Library Journal were actually all together, and uh, I was uh, I was a typist <laughs> at Library Journal. So, but fast forward uh, many years here, and and I also would like to mention that uh, Annalisa uh, Pasek is your editor, and she uh, mm-hmm. commissioned this article and works with you to produce it, right? Oh yes, yeah, at Library and, Journal. And also, th- and also, thanks for um, uh, sending responses to the questions I submitted to you. Ah, sure. Oh, that's right. Yes, can I, should, uh, yeah, more full disclosure. I'm actually quoted in this article as well a couple of times. So, yes, all right. Okay, well, I'll have disclosure out of the way. So one of the things that, um, you know, actually jumps out in your article uh, is the rise in circulation of graphic novels. So, can you talk about that a little bit? I wish I could. Because I'm a ref- first reference to the community services librarian, I, I work in entirely different floors and departments than I think the people who get to do the fun stuff like that. My knowledge expertise just comes in handy when it's needed for collection management, not just with graphic novels, but also um, uh, for, for film, uh, for video sele- uh, selection projects as well. Um, all, I, all I can definitively say that in, in my branch, graphic novels have their own sections for mm-hmm. adult, young adult and children's, just as biographies have their own section at the tail end of our nonfiction collection. Mm-hmm. So, Again, even though graphic novels are medium, not a genre, I'm okay. Whatever gets them, uh, they're more visibly and more circulation. Okay, okay. Well, I know well, in the piece you mentioned um, uh, some some data from I think Overdrive and from uh, hmm. from um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, you, you also talk with uh, Diamond Book Distributors, uh, as well as the online that the online library subscription service, uh, El Hoopla, uh, and basically. 
So I can go over a couple of uh, a couple of points that they sent to me here. Yeah. So from Overdrive, uh, Overdrive reported a 47% increase in the circulation of the company's voluminous catalog of graphic novels. <laughs> yes. Um, Mango, a big contributor to it. Uh, and just as interestingly, 75% spike in the circulation of non-superhero titles. Sure. Very yeah. encouraging. Hey, um, you're going. Uh, Josh Hayes from Diamond uh, Book Distributors uh, mentioned that 2017 was kind of a difficult year, uh, but libraries performed above the traditional retail channels, and it credited uh, credited that with the quality content that they've been seeing in in graphic novels uh, continually over the years. Yeah. And as for Hoopla, uh, since 2016, a 70% increase in graphic novel circulation for a 6% increase in unique comic users. Great. Uh, and the superhero titles are the biggest circulators for them. Okay. Followed by humorous works. Um, and and for, for those of our listeners who may not know, um, you know, Diamond Book Distributors, they uh, distribute graphic novels and pop culture merchandise to the book trade. And, and Hoopla is a, is, a, is a sort of an interesting a subscription service uh, if, if, you're, if your library um, uh, your system subscribes to it and you have a library card, then you can actually use it for free and download all kinds of materials, including graphic novels. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, the, and I only jump to the statistics because, uh, I mean, I'm, a, uh, you know, I'm in my 60s, and, and as a kid growing up, libraries were fairly hostile to comics. That has changed dramatically, and, and, and this is in one instance where libraries and librarians, it seems to me, have been very key in really spreading um, this new era of comics reading, you know, uh, to readers, um, uh, because – Readers naturally go to libraries looking for, for what's new and what's interesting to read. And now they're finding them, indeed, that they are in libraries. Oh, oh indeed. Um, I suppose we're going to be talking about trends in the graphic novel publishing. And even one thing I noticed, I was really taken aback by it, the number of academic presses. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, that's – I mean uh, – First of all, I, I don't believe you're in the 60s or too, too far too young looking for that. <laughs> well, but, there you go. but did you ever think there'd be a time when it would we would see that, like the like, uh, Princeton UP publishing, or or from the the um, uh, or from the Naval Academy Press publishing oh. graphic novels? It's, Absolutely. You know, you've pointed out some interesting trends here. I have to say, when I was a kid, it would have been very hard for me to imagine the world that I'm living in now. I mean, that's why it's so exciting. Um, when I was a kid, really, uh, superheroes were completely dominant, uh, even if you were an artist or a reader. And particularly if you were an artist, that pretty much was all you had to, to look forward to as a profession. Uh, but we were in a different world now. Um, oh, yeah. uh, but you, you've pointed out some interesting uh, trends here when you point to uh, the expansion of genres. Uh, comics is a medium that uh, enables a wide variety of genres, not just superhero genres. Um, uh, and you've mentioned um, uh, some new imprints, which I think are very inter- interesting uh, to talk about right now, too. Um, you mentioned Dead Reckoning, which is a uh, a military imprint, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your story, you also mentioned uh, the uh, French publisher, Humanoids. Oh, yes. I mean, a personal favorite of mine because they're, well, because of all the Mobius titles they put out, huge yeah. Mobius fan myself. Um, of course, Mobius now is uh, uh, Dark Horse is handling a lot of uh, his stuff now as well. Oh, some reprints, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, uh, some exciting stuff from then. Um, the Henry Lamar uh, biography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, uh, sorry, my, my mistake. It's, uh, they they cite they say the Henry uh, Lamar. Maybe not. I should double double check that. Yeah, but also, you know what it is. They, I know they're relaunching imprints on um, uh, memoir. 
and a kid's okay. imprint, uh, specifically. I, uh, I don't know the specific titles that are coming out, but... Uh, Actually, I, I do have one here uh, by the French creator Carol Morel, Now and Then, which recently came out. Yeah, great. Um, which, go on. Um, now, more specifically, this is... Um, uh, not not only just a biography, but also um, uh, relating to queer issues. Um, someone I interviewed for the piece was uh, T. Franklin, who wrote uh, Bingo Love, which I was I hadn't heard about until I uh, was looking at potential interviews for for the piece and got my hands on on Bingo Love and was blown away by it. So I think we're seeing we're seeing it expand in a lot of different areas. Thank thank goodness. Yeah, why, for, why don't you tell us a little bit about T. Franklin because that's a very good uh, interview actually that you uh, maintain. Bingo Love is it's very unusual. This look at really uh, multi generational queer mm-hmm. love. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's just finding a, a multi generational love story or relationship story is. Well, it's not as common as it as it should be, and yeah. uh, certainly I've never read a comic like like this one. So for, I'm fortunate that it uh, that it came along, as as many others are, as many others are. I mean, some uh, T uh, mentions that some people come up to her in tears, saying that this really touched her because this was it wasn't just it was it became their story as well. It, it told their story, their own stories in so many words. No, it really is. It's a it's a really terrific story. It's really moving, uh, and uh, with with drawings by with a Jen Saint Ange and Joy mm-hmm. San. Um, and it started, as I, if I'm not mistaken, as a quick as a Kickstarter project before it was picked up by Image Comics. Right, uh, T started her own press. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes, mm-hmm. press, not just to publish her own stuff, but also uh, uh, stuff by other marginalized creators. So it started there, and uh, Image Comics eventually got got involved and uh, got out to a wider audience. And great, it looks like it's all it was all a very smooth process. The, she was very impressed by how well the Kickstarter campaign went. Just couldn't believe how much the numbers kept rising. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you also now one of the things uh, our PW is uh, uh, graphic novels and libraries feature covers. We we tend to talk with publishers, uh, and our most uh, recent feature, Billy talked with a number of publishers who had who had, who had never been to, for instance, the ALA annual meeting, and just talking about how how it's completely impacted them uh, as publishers. Um, but you also uh, do an interview with a publisher in your library feature. You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, yes. I had the great privilege of talking to the Toronto um, uh, Quarterly's publisher, uh, Peggy Burns. Uh, they're based out of Montreal, but not – as it's like, because I don't want to be accused of homerism here. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they, have, they have been around for almost three decades, and just listen to their talent roster, you know, past and present. Linda Berry, mm-hmm. Daniel Clowes, Kate Beaton from Cape Breton here in Canada as well, Chester Brown, Seth, more Canadians. Yes, yes. <laughs> but – they pride themselves on publishing, I guess, uh, in the to borrow a phrase from the late great Terry Southern, quality lit. Yes, and, all, and of course they're very proud of everything they publish. Um, I had a bit of a leg up here because I think he was a very gracious and um, a constant sponsor of the Saint John Public Library's Fog City Comic Con. So oh, I was great. already touched with uh, with some of the folks there. So it just seemed like a lot uh, logical folks to ask. Uh, uh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, they're a, <clears throat> a, a Montreal-based uh, uh, graphic novel publishing house. Been around for almost three decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and the well, lest anyone accuse me of uh, going ca- uh, Canada first with the article, uh, this is just a short list of some of their creators, past and present: Linda Berry, Daniel Clouds, Kate Beaton from Cape Breton, uh, New York, Scotia, Canada; uh, Seth 
uh, gives a lot. I mean, the names speak for themselves. Well, we're very familiar with uh, Peggy Burns and uh, Drawn and Quarterly. They're, they're an extraordinary independent comics publisher and have been for many years. Um, but yes, they have a long lineup of Canadian artists and indeed acclaimed Canadian artists. So um, uh, that's great. And I think you mentioned some of the titles they have coming out recently. In particular, Aline Kaminsky's Crumbs uh, Love That Bunch. Really a reprint of her classic um, autobiographical, even though she uses a, uh, a sort of a fictional uh, surrogate. Uh, um, uh, I, they have that coming out this month, but they have a long line of just terrific artists. Yeah, well, the, um, that was originally published in the early 90s. It's a, it's a new expanded edition. I, I, I guess, it, and thank goodness it has come up because I, I wasn't even aware of that earlier edition. I was, uh, I was also working with a few of the D&Q folks <clears throat> because they're a sponsor of the St. John Free Public Library's uh, Frog City Comic Con, which we just held for the second time earlier this year. Having been in touch with a few of those folks, it was uh, just logical to ask, well, mind if I speak to you a bit about, uh, about what you're up to? So they graciously said yes. Uh, I spoke to publisher Peggy Burns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very busy and uh, very graciously provided her time. Yeah, well, we're very familiar with DNQ uh, and with Peggy Burns. And uh, they just as you, you, know, you ran off a list of really extraordinary artists. I mean, and they've got some great books coming out in the fall, which you know. And I should also note that you've included a really comprehensive list of publishers and publications uh, with pub dates also of when the books will be available. So, I mean, you really have offered a really kind of a comprehensive uh uh, list of material that not only would be useful to librarians, but anybody interested in the in the uh, the category. Oh, thanks for saying so. But I got to tell you, no sooner did the art was the article put to bed and getting ready to be published, that I go into uh, my local comic stores and uh, and some around the uh, uh, eastern Canada, and I realized, oh, if I'd only included them and them, <laughs> and them, it's and I would love to rattle off a few of those titles, but frankly, I've repressed them because I just didn't want to get depressed about it. Okay, well, the I list. Mean, of- the list is there. It's still pretty good. I'm um, pleased to aim. What can I say? Thanks very okay. much. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. I did want to check on one other trend that, that I've been reporting on, and, and and I think you touch on it in your story, too, and that's uh, graphic novels in translation um, mm-hmm. coming into the North American market, in particular French publishers. And you seem to have uh, – you, you've mentioned quite a few, I think, too, in your in your story. Yeah, I feel it's um, – that is something – I mean, on the subject of D&Q – Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're very excited about this the stuff they've been putting out in translation past uh, and the stuff that's that's yet to come. Um, they started translating works in Korean, and uh, in 2017 mm-hmm. they published Uncomfortably Happy. This September they've got uh, Uncle's uh, Bad Friends. Mm-hmm. So the way they the way Peggy put it was quality literature is quality literature no matter in the language in which it is written. And for something that did make the article, I also spoke to a. Um, uh, someone else involved with publishing graphic novels or Ben Desinet, si vous préférez, sure. mm-hmm. in, in France. And I would have liked to get, get that in, but, you know, only so much space, only so many words. Yeah, absolutely. But you also, as we mentioned earlier, Humanoids also, which uh, is obviously a French publisher, though based now in Los Angeles and in Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you, you've uh, mentioned some of her, their titles. And, uh, and also you do mention, of course, manga, which is, you know, actually also very important and very popular uh, category. Yeah, uh, the uh, fellow I spoke to from Viz Media, uh, Mark Devera, the publishing sales manager, uh, really said this is library business has grown, st- grown steadily over the last five years uh, because of hits like Tokyo Ghoul and My Hero Academia, uh, as well as sequels to beloved ma- uh, manga series. There was also mention of some continuations of series that, that uh, of vintage manga that focuses mm-hmm. 
necessarily would expect to see, but that is coming out now as well. Great. All right. Well, Jody, look, uh, look. I want to thank you. Um, this was give give. We, we wanted to get a librarian's per, uh, perspective in here, and I think we have. Look, thank you so much for being on more more to come. Oh, thanks for having me. Have a great day, and uh, happy belated Fourth of July. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I just want to remind readers that um, your article, uh, graphically speaking, can be found in the June fifteenth issue of Library Journal. Uh, but if you go to lj.librarynal.com, search for Osiki, O-S-I-C-K-I, you're not going to find anyone else there but me. Just okay. <laughs> yes. Go online. You get it to it, librarynal.com. All right, Jody, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Take care. You bet. Bye. Ciao.